The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. You hear the music, you know the show. You listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix and living like it matters. I apologize. I know I've been away for, I believe, a couple weeks, uh, but all for a good cause. Uh, there, was, there was business that needed to be taken care of, and as you know, we handle our business when it's called upon us to do such. So I uh, apologize. I've been away, but I, I believe the last time I was here, we talked a little bit about the Super Bowl. Got uh, again, you know, it's until we have something to replace that game, until there's another game, uh, I think we're going to talk a little bit about that and, and remember that. But it, it obviously was a great game. want to shout out to Miss Beyonce. Saw her the other night on Oprah, and of course they had to address the fact that she turned out the lights. Uh, she did turn the lights out, and uh, I believe she was <laughs> the person responsible for the uh, power outage, but uh, there was no outage in performance. There was no lack of performance by her or by those two great teams. And, of course, uh, the Ravens came out victoriously. Uh, but Beyonce, uh, she raised the bar. I mean, I know some people have said that uh, the Madonna, I believe, the halftime show that Madonna appeared in, I think there were more viewers. But if you want to ask anybody in terms of delivering preparing for the moment, and then knocking it out the box? Hell, she hit it out the fence. She she knocked the power out. She just, oh, you couldn't ask for anything more. And But you know what I really want to do? I, I want to take the time out to say that that must have been extremely important to, to that young lady and to her profession and to the, the industry as a whole. Because they put so much into it. And obviously, you know, we know what happened, you know, when she was there for the, the president's inauguration. Uh, she didn't have time to prepare for the national anthem. So she went ahead and played some music and moved her lips. Uh, but she didn't do that when she showed up for the Super Bowl. So I guess if you have to say to her what was the most important, not that one was more important than the other. It's just it's only 24 hours in a day. And she had to prepare for the Super Bowl because just like the entire world was going to also be watching the inauguration, for some reason, somebody made a decision that let's put more effort and time. And I would like to know who those people were that made that decision because she could have, you know, lip synced for the Super Bowl. But she decided not to do that. And there wasn't enough time, I guess, to prepare for both of them. Uh, but the Super Bowl won out. And I'll tell you what she delivered. Because had she not had delivered, 
and then she lip synced for the president's inauguration, she she'd be in big trouble. But uh, I'm just glad that Beyonce delivered the way she did. It, the, the National Football League has always said that it's got to be very good and it's got to be very big. They don't, they don't do anything on, on a small scale at all. It's big boy ball all around. And now the fact that they pushed the button with Beyonce, I would not want to be next year's chosen personality, whether it be a group or individual, to perform for next year's Super Bowl. I mean, how, really think about it. How do you top that? I, I, I don't even know. You know, Beyonce is one of those things, one of the few things where a man could sit next to his woman, his woman be uncomfortable and know that she should be uncomfortable because this is Beyonce. And it's okay. It's okay that if you're uncomfortable sitting next to your man because it's Beyonce because, I mean, that's it. I mean, come on, man. She, she, she's done raised the bar on, on everything. Not just her performance, her, her looks, you know, the expectations of, of everything across the board. She's just raised the bar. And so she's done that for halftime shows of the National Football. I don't know where you go from there. I don't know who can live up to the hype and deliver like she did. It was flawless. And so I just want to give that shout out to, to Beyonce because I saw her. I watched her with my daughter the other day. Whatever show that was she had on, I don't know what it was. But I thought, hey, if she could take the time out to go to a football game and perform at halftime. And by the way, didn't receive a check for doing that. I know she'll get her return on her investment down the road. Uh, but that was awesome. I mean, that, that was all. I, I don't think I've ever anticipated watching a halftime show, you know, like I did. And, and, you know, I didn't get to see all the halftime show, but I sat down with my daughter and watched a part of that show. And, man, I was just uh, it was unbelievable. You know, I, I didn't get to see all of it, but I got to see some of it. And I did get a chance to hear her address and her and Oprah talk about uh, the Super Bowl and the power outage. And uh, Jay-Z told her, hey, you knocked the lights out, baby. You turn the lights out on them. <laughs> the power is gone. She couldn't believe it, uh, but she did it. But the football game equally lived up to it. Football game knocked it out the box. No doubt about it. And Beyonce, I'm, hey, I hate to say this, but I think Beyonce put a little pressure on the football teams. You know, come on. At that time, you know, it was like it was in the bag for the Ravens. They had to turn the lights out to slow the 49ers down. But Beyonce put some pressures like, hell, man, the halftime show is off the hook. What you going to do now? So I appreciate Beyonce putting some pressure on them boys because she sure did. She turned she turned the heat up on them. And next thing you know, the football game got very, very interesting. And it was one that we will remember. It'll go down in history as one of the best. It certainly went down to the wire. It certainly went down to the wire. And we want to thank, uh, of course, the Baltimore Ravens for such uh, an excellent football season. And certainly uh, the San Francisco 49ers for uh, a great effort in, in trying to compete and take that uh, Super Bowl championship trophy back to San Francisco, whereas they already have, I think, five of those trophies. But uh, I want to also shout out to the original Tim Tebow. Many of you may not know this. And I think we kind of got away. We, we didn't get with Tim. Where's Tim been? Haven't heard a lot about Tim Tebow lately, but I want to shout out to the original Tim Tebow. It's his birthday today. In case you don't know, that is a good Reverend Dr. Herb Lusk in the city of brotherly love, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, who is the pastor of the, the Greater Exodus Baptist Church. 
He's also the founder and CEO of People for People, uh, a 501c3, helping people there in the community. Uh, some of them are faced with some serious challenges there in North Philadelphia, and, and he's been there for years, 25, maybe 30 years. He's been serving that community, you know, walked away. I know Tim, you know, everybody praises Tim and his worship. But here's a man that, you know, like Tim Tebow wasn't a starter either. Uh, Tim Tebow with the Jets, he didn't, he wasn't a starting quarterback. He was a backup. Uh, this was a man who, who was a backup to Wilbur Montgomery uh, and decided he, he was, but he was there. You know, he wasn't like he was on the bubble. He was on the team. And uh, walked into training camp, the first day of training camp, going into his fourth year. Now, understand the fourth year of the National Football League in that generation of time is extremely important because that's when you qualify for the minimum benefits. All you need to do is play four games into the season. So all he had to do is go into training camp, complete training camp, play four games, and walk away after his fifth game or after his fourth game. He would have been vested and get all the benefits that you get as a former and retired National Football League player. The man had been called upon by the good Lord Jesus Christ, and he didn't care about football. As a matter of fact, as the story goes, his father said that uh, son told him that uh, he received his calling, and, and his father said to him, who is also a good reverend, a good preacher, and shout out to Pastor Lus Sr. out there in Monterey, California. But, uh, you know, Pastor Lus Sr. said, son, you got he had the wrong number. <laughs> the wrong number. Uh, but Pastor Lust Jr. Uh, said, no, no, Dad, I've got to answer that call, and I'm going to answer that call. And he's been doing an outstanding job in the ministry. So I want to just give a shout-out to him. also want to give another – got a couple shout-outs i got to give out here in this first segment. Things have been good. People have been good to me, and I, I want to acknowledge the, you know, what they've done in my life. And uh, hopefully I've uh, paid uh, a little bit. Uh, back to them uh, for all the good things they've done for me. But I also want to shout out to my good folks down there at the National Football League Players Association. Uh, they were in town last week. Uh, former players uh, had uh, some festivities here, some information, some education, um, uh, some supportive services to us in that transition. Uh, many times you you make it once, but then you may make it a couple different times throughout your lifetime, transitioning to another uh, career opportunity, and I want to thank them for the supportive services. Uh, things that have been needed and have been uh, almost demanded by players for many years, and it sometimes the process takes a little longer than we would wish for. But I've been told that there's a systematic way to go about change, and and we've done everything we had to do in terms of exercising whatever power we had, whether it be by voice or by demonstration. Uh, former players have ex expressed the need uh, for some supportive services, and we've got some serious responses here in the past couple of years. As I said, and shout out to Tyrone Allen, homeboy from the city of brotherly love, Philly all day, Tyrone. And uh, say hello to Tyrone, and thank you for everything you've done to support me uh, and the former players out there. Uh, Tyrone is the head of that department. Uh, Freddie Scott. Uh, my good friend, Freddie Scott, who had a show here on uh, on the network with us for a while. And Freddie has gotten busy with the National Football League and traveling, uh, uh, you know, and speaking to players all over the country. So uh, Freddie has not been able to do his show. But Freddie promised me that he's going to look into it and see if he can find a way to get some time in his schedule that he can allocate that time to do the show. 
and perhaps maybe, you know, continue to feed us with some uh, some good information and certainly some spiritual inspirational uh, information that Freddie can bring to us. Freddie, just an outstanding young man. Uh, Freddie's dad also played pro football, but uh, just a pillar of success. And I'm very happy for Freddie and hope he can come back uh, to the uh, to the network and, and give us some good information. Because uh, as I said, you know, the information that Freddie laid down to us in that presentation, I said, Freddie, you know, there's a chance. Uh, if there is a chance for you to come back to the network, you basically could add this to your presentation to let the guys know that, hey, in the event that what I say here today, you want some more of it, you can always go and find me on Voice America Sports. He still is in uh, Voice America Sports on the archives. Just just Google uh, Freddie Scott inside of Voice America Sports, and you'll find his information there. Uh, also want to shout out to uh, Nolan Harrison. Uh, Nolan, who has moved on from uh, his uh, tenure here as the president of the former Players Association, now been taken over by Lincoln Kennedy. Uh, Nolan has moved on to Washington, D.C., doing an outstanding job. Uh, I told Nolan when I came in here, I was a little bit suspect of what was going on here in Phoenix. Um because I just thought that Phoenix, as well as the national chapter, would be much further ahead than where we were. That was seven years ago. Uh, I want to shout out to Nolan, and I want to commend those guys in D.C. because the dial has moved. Things have gotten so much. I would care to say that we've got more done in the last seven years at the National Football League Players Association than we got. I'm sorry, we, I shouldn't say it. Than we were able to do. In the previous 25 years, I, I, I want to say that again. Now, I think we've accomplished more in the past seven years since I've been here in Phoenix, Arizona, than we were able to accomplish in the 25 years prior to that. So if I would go back to year 2006 and go back to, wow, 1981, I would say that more was accomplished in those seven years from 2006 to 2013 that was accomplished from 2000 and I'm sorry, 1981 to 2006. And we did a lot. I think for those of you who are old enough to remember, <laughs> we went on strike in 1982. We were asking for 55 percent of the gross revenues and threatened to start our own league in the event that they didn't want to adhere to that demand. Well, we didn't start our own league, but guess what we did do? We gave that idea to somebody else who was listening. And I think they decided that, you know what, that what they're talking about over there doesn't make, it's not bad. You know, that's not bad at all. As a matter of fact, we might want to go ahead and do that. And you know who did it? The USFL. And the USFL, guess what? The USFL is back. Yeah, the USFL is back. But they heard us talk about 55% of the gross revenues back in the day and starting our own league. I think they... Uh, kind of like what we had to say. I think I hear a little bit of music in the background. I'm not sure, but I may hear a little bit of music. We're going to take a break. You listen to Ray Ellis Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, and I'm living like it matters. to the pros we, we cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports 
So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the 3 is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely despise her, especially at 1-2. to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine-horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to Win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. You may not know all their names, but you certainly know what they did. They helped make this game into what it is today. Now we can do more to help them. The NFL Alumni Association is proud to assist our retired players to help make their lives better today and tomorrow. To learn more, please visit NFLalumni.org. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. the rail of sports on the voice america network i'm in phoenix living like it matters let me do something i haven't done before let me just go down my list of birthdays on on facebook and give a shout out i want to shout out to susan bailey happy birthday susan yeah susan bailey used to be in the city of brotherly love i don't know what part of the world she's in now but i want to say happy birthday to susan shout out to my good friend alan bond alan bond from the hall of fame city Subu, as he's known growing up back in the day. Also want to say happy birthday to Christopher Miller. Christopher, I don't know where you live or where you're from, but it's your birthday. Enjoy it. Have a great one. Let me see who else I got to shout out here to. Man, I'm going to shout out to, listen, I, I think I just got finished saying a little bit about it, but I'm going to say it again. Tebow before it was Tebow. Good Reverend Dr. Herb Lusk. Running back for the Philadelphia Eagles back in the day, who is now happens to be the chaplain for the Philadelphia Eagles. So happy birthday to your pastor. Been my spiritual leader for God only knows how long and appreciate you and uh, much love. Also, shout out to Danielle, the pastor's daughter. It's her birthday today. So uh, shout out to Danielle. So let, let me talk a little bit now before I get into some some more football. I want to talk a little bit about some some basketball. And that is. They got the nerve to have this question out there about, you know, MJ and LJ. MJ, of course, is Michael Jordan, and LJ, of course, is LeBron James, you know? And, you know, why is it that we always have to do this? You know, there's a couple things out there that I think you truly can you know, measure and 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 pose the question: If this person could compete, or if this person could beat that person, that there are some things out there. There's no question. 
But then there's these other things that, you know, there's too many, you know, intangibles that go along with it that you really, there's no real true measure. Okay, so let me give you an example. I'm going to give an example about, okay, if this person could play today or if that person could play back then. Okay, would Michael Jordan be as good today as he would have been or he was when he played? Now, that's a hard question. There's too many, you know, moving parts in there that, that we can't really measure to determine exactly. And, and exa- there's no exact science to that. But there are some other things where you can, as an example, in track. OK. Would a person be able to compete back then that with the people today? And the bottom line is, OK, the, you know, regard the, the certain things don't change. It's still it's a race that has to be run. Either you're going to run 100 meters, used to be 100 yards, now it's 100 meters, you know, or you're going to run, you know, the 400, used to be the 440, now it's 400, and you got a time. So you always, people who run track will always tell me, you don't run against the person, you run against the clock. So could a person compete with another person years ago? The bottom line is you always run against the clock. The clock never changes. It starts and it stops. Whatever you start at, where you finish at is the time that we got. So, hey, would Edwin Moses be able to compete against Carl Lewis? You know, would they be able to compete against the boys today? You know, the clock will tell you that. You know, that's one thing about, you know, the strongest man in the world or the strongest woman in the world. Okay, how much did they lift? How much do they lift today? Okay. The amount of weight on the bar will tell you if they compete or if they couldn't compete. Now, in terms of, you know, some of the things that LeBron has accomplished here, and I'm not hating. I'm from the heart of it all. LeBron is from Ohio, a little bit down the road. I'm from Can. He's from Akron. The airport is Akron. Can Airport. Y'all know this history. But here's my thing. The fact of the matter is, you know, they were trying to compare some of the things that LeBron had done recently to what Wilt has done. Now, that to me is something that anybody who knows anything about sports, you got to give that edge to LeBron. I, you know, if six games are scoring, you know, 30 some odd points and, and shooting over 60 some percentage, the reason why you have to give that edge to LeBron, you know, the bottom line is you go down the stat sheet and you're going to say within there, LeBron might have had, if not every game, at least out of those six games, maybe one or two of them, he might have hit a three-pointer. Well, just like in the All-Star game the other day when you see Tim Duncan, you set him up and say, hey, no, 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 Tim Tim just gets to shoot that three-pointer because, you know, it's the All-Star game because there's no plays designed, you know, when when they're playing, you know, that he's going to shoot a three-pointer. They, they don't have plays designed for your big man, seven-footer, to be out there, you know, shooting three-pointers. You just don't do that. Well, when you want to measure and compare LeBron James, LeBron is shooting a couple three-pointers every now and then, his statistics, which goes against his percentage. And I'm sure there's a greater percentage, the chance, that you will not make a three-pointer as opposed to you making a dunk. The closer you are to the rim, I believe it increases your chances of making a shot. That's what makes what LeBron did this past few weeks so amazing is because he had some jump shots in there. He had some fast breaks in there. He had some alley-oops in there, you know, and, and, and LeBron, unlike Wilt, 
is not always the biggest man on the court. Will Chamberlain, you know, whether it be the mass and how big he was or if it were his height, Will Chamberlain was the biggest man on the court many times, if not probably 90 percent of the time that Will Chamberlain was on the court. There was nobody that compared to him in size. I, I would go as far as saying that. And I watched Will play, you know, in the latter part of his career. So I know a little bit about that. I witnessed it myself. So in terms of challenge, and, and unlike now, you know, there was no Shaq attack. You know, they didn't, you know, file him purposely to put him on the line. They didn't do that. So Will got a lot of his shots in the paint, and they were very easy shots. He wasn't challenged that much. LeBron you know, LeBron is challenged all the time. People are constantly trying to get the ball out of his hands. And, you know, and for me, you know, people can say what they want to in terms of comparing Michael Jordan and LeBron James. Now, Isaiah Thomas has stepped into this picture. And a lot of people think that Isaiah's hating because of the fact that he and Michael were so competitive with each, with each other. As a matter of fact, I, I would go as far as saying that I don't think there's a there may be a respect for each other's professional skill set but in terms of personally I, I don't think there is a real like for each other personally I just don't think there is uh, they may be able to show up publicly and be respectful to one another but I don't think they're hanging out with each other I don't think Michael's calling Isaiah when he goes to town I don't think Isaiah's calling Michael when they're in town and the thing about it is they, they both have some some friends that they share. But because their relationship has been, you know, so fractured, it's fractured some of the good times I think they all could have had if they were together. Uh, but the fact of the matter is sometimes competition will do that to you. You, you can't separate what's personal and what's business because for, for, for athletes, sports is business. It's just business. It should not be taken personal. But sometimes you just can't do that. I was in a session. I just mentioned Freddie Scott. You know, Freddie Scott uh, was breaking down uh, some relationship issues. And, and he talked about how, you know, how is it that when you're involved in a situation that has to do with a coach and a player, that you're able to manage your emotions. But when you get inside the home, you can't manage those emotions. Now, just stop and really think about that. How can you find yourself in a position where you are maybe in a subordinate position and a position whereas, you know, you're not the man in charge and the wrong remark could have consequences. And so you're able to manage your emotions then and control them on occasions because athletes have been known to lose it. And consequently, things happen that are not always good, but more than not, you manage those emotions in such a way that you're able to get the benefit out of the constructive criticism. But in an interpersonal relationship with your spouse or with your significant other, that, are, that, that might turn into an argument and it might escalate and you might say and do some things that you would not do if it were between a coach and a player. And I think that's what happens in athletics sometimes when it's so competitive, when it gets to the point where it's so competitive between two players, a Michael and an Isaiah, that it might become, it, it might go beyond that threshold 
of where you're able to manage it and then becomes personal and you take it beyond the court and you take it off the court and you sever a relationship that could be much more beneficial if you would manage those emotions. And one thing about athletes, athletes are trained to do that. That's this is why, because I prayed about it and I made a conscious effort to do it. That is like everything else in life. You, when you see it, if you've seen it before, you know what it is. There may be some things you see for the first time that you may not recognize them. You know how sometimes you see somebody and it's been years since you've seen them and, and you don't recognize them. And then they say who they are. And they're like, oh, OK, maybe they've lost a little weight. Maybe they've lost a little bit of hair. You know, things change. And so many times, you know, when athletes are competing against one another, you know, things change. Emotions get pushed and stressed. But you know it's just the competition of the game. So you know what it is. You recognize, it. oh, this I'm in a competitive situation. I know what this is. This isn't personal. This is that we're in a very competitive situation. So I'm going to compete to the highest level, but I'm going to understand and recognize that when it's over, it's over. Don't take it off the field. Same thing in your lives, in your home. When you know when this is this, this, wait, this can't be anything other than me losing control of my emotions. Recognize it. Reconcile. Get over it. Don't hold on to it. It's not good for you. And so I think in a way that that's kind of what happened a little bit to Isaiah and Magic. Um, Isaiah and Michael in particular. Magic might have also been a casualty to that, too, is that they've let the emotions, they've lost control of it. But athletes have been trained to do a better job. You hear that music, you know the show. You listen to Railroad Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. I'm going to take a break, and I'm going to come back, and I'm going to talk a little bit more basketball. I'm going to bring Kobe into the conversation. We'll be right back. internet flagship station for sports voice america sports so andy serling packed his bags left the city and is enjoying his temporary digs in saratoga but that won't stop us from bringing you playing to win the best online handicapping show for serious horse players catch andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of august on location from the beautiful saratoga race course he and his guests are some of the best in the biz they bring you new insights to making money and they tell it like it is i'm three five one in this race but the three is very much the one to be we're going to completely disagree on this race i absolutely disagree Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com may not know all their names, but you certainly know what they did. They helped make this game into what it is today. 
Now we can do more to help them. The NFL Alumni Association is proud to assist our retired players to help make their lives better today and tomorrow. To learn more, please visit NFLalumni.org. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. I know you heard me say I don't know if that mic is on because I got a visitor in the studio with me. I got Corey Henderson in there. Corey was an intern with me uh, about a year and a half ago and graduated from Arizona State University. And now he's out here like everybody else. We got to handle our business. So Corey's out handling his business, but stopping into the studio to say hello to me. I'm not sure if the mic is on. Corey, is that mic on over there, man? Mike check. <laughs> Mike, the mic is on. Mike check. All right, Corey. Okay, Corey, listen, you, you stopped in at the right time. You knew I was about to do this. I just got finished having a conversation. Uh, Corey, being a ball player himself, of course, played football over there at uh, ASU. Um, and now has transitioned like we all have to do. But but it seems like MJ just can't let it go, Corey. And and, 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 and Michael, who's turned 50 years old. He's 50. Yeah, and pe- But people just – I think people are going to – affect Michael's ability to let the game go from the aspect of which he used to be a part of that game in, and that is, you know, playing the game. And I think the fact that Michael is constantly in the media daily, that people are being compared to him, that, and I think this is a testament to Kobe Bryant and to LeBron James. And what I mean by that is normally when you have the greatest of something, you don't have something that is right on his back that may be greater than he is. That most of the time there's years, you know, in between when you see something great and something else comes along that you want to say, man, you remember such and such? But Kobe picked up the baton right after Michael did. And now right after Kobe, there's LeBron. But there's this thing about MJ that, that 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 is lingering, and that is first of all is, is had a lot to do with him, and of course Isaiah Thomas back in the day, and 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 of course they created the Jordan rules of which nobody in Detroit would acknowledge that, but we all saw it, and it was it was a, they changed the way you play foot you play basketball. It's almost like you was playing football playing basketball, but it became a very physical and aggressive game, and they didn't make it easy for Michael, you know, going to the hole. Listen, if you come in here. You're going to pay for it. Right. And it became very physical. So uh, my point that I that I want to make about that is those emotions lingered. And I think Michael still feels a certain way about Isaiah. And because of that, it's affected their relationship off of the, the football, I mean, off the basketball court. Um, tell me your experience as an athlete. Is this something whereas did you have to work hard at it? Was there somebody you may have grew up with, somebody you might have competed against, and, and you were very competitive with them on the field, and you had a hard time letting it go when you left the field? Did, did that happen to you? And, and, and if it did, is it something that is it good for you or is it bad for you in terms of holding on to those uh, emotional and that competitive 
um, you know, uh, attitude that you had with an athlete on the field court? Well, definitely. It's it comes down to being a competitor. First off, I want to say tell Ray thank you for uh, you know letting me on the show today. I was actually one of his first uh, you know trainees and getting this this kind of uh, division started here at Voice America Sports. Um, but back to the question, it's it comes down to be a competitor. Who are you on the inside? Um, when I grew up, there's a lot of guys that I actually played uh, college ball against that I I played uh, Pop Warner High School that end up getting scholarships and playing football at neighboring Pac-12 schools like uh, Washington, Stanford, uh, UCLA, USC, even at uh, ASU, a couple of guys that I, that I teamed up with. So I don't ever see it as going away because you're competitive. You even bring it up. You know, we always – I have a buddy that I played uh, on the high school all-star team with, and he played receiver at ASU, and we still to this day bring up situations in high school – that we competed against each other, even in college. You know, it's one of those things to where the competitive spirit never goes away because if it's in you, it's in you, and when it's not, it's not. Um, and for the situation with Michael and then the people coming up under him, Kobe and LeBron, I look at it like there's there's three different generations there. Like, everybody's going to be great in their own right in their generation. You can't compare MJ to Kobe and so forth to LeBron. It's two to three different ages. Dudes were bigger, faster, stronger now than they were when Michael played. I guess that's to an argument, but I think it is because that's all I know. And looking back at the tapes from the 80s and early 90s and mid-90s, the game is just a little bit different now. Yeah, but what what happened about this, what made this, this is so ironic, is, Corey, is that these great players got a chance to overlap. Right. Michael, MJ, and, and, and Kobe, they overlapped. They right. got a chance to play against each other. And now Kobe and LeBron is getting a chance to play against each other. That's the only that, that's the reason why it, it's this competition thing is is reached this, the, the level of which it has. I, I mean, I'll never forget the day when 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 Chicago came into Philly right. and AI was playing point. And, and Michael wanted to D him up, and he, and, and he and crossed him over, and oh my God, we had <laughs> never seen, we had never seen anybody right. cross Mike over like that. And so evolution, we, you see Sports what I'm saying? So evolution, now, it happens. And so what happens is that that's what I'm saying. Once the skill set starts to deteriorate, mm-hmm. you can't make a true competitive analysis of these two. You know, you got to catch them at their prime. And, and and of course, when when MJ was at the end of his career. He wasn't the same MJ he was at his peak, which is, you know, Kobe wasn't there at his peak. Kobe was there at the end of it. And then AI was really there, you know, mm-hmm. at the end of it. And that's what I'm saying to LeBron. LeBron is at his peak right now. So to compare Kobe or to compare Michael against LeBron, it's hard to do unless you can go back and picture you know, Mike at his peak, right. not at what we remember at the end of his career, but at his peak. But I, I, here's what I'm more concerned about, because I, I, that, I think that's just too hard to really determine. But what I what I'm concerned about is what happens when you make it personal? Because see, Michael made that personal so much so that when it was time to put together a dream team, he made sure that Isaiah wasn't on that team. See, that's what I mean. When you take it off the court, that's taking it off the yeah. court, if you will. Yeah. And and, and, and is, is the competitive spirit in nature so ingrained in you that it will affect some of your decision making off of the court? Of course. And see, that's not I don't think of that's a good, I don't think that's a good thing. It's not a good thing, see, but it, it it's something that you either like I said earlier, you either have it or you don't. 
Uh, and some people kind of grow out of that. To the when it's to the detriment of the best decision. Of uh, like, just human beings? Well, so. it, well, human beings, yes. And that's what I'm saying. See, there's some things about athletics, those intangible skill sets that we take with us. But there's some things that we don't need to take off the court. Right. And I think that competitive spirit, to a certain degree, we got to get to the point where we level it off and we say, okay, when this switch here gets flipped, we don't t- we don't take that part. of You know, it's like anything. You got a mentor. You take the good, you know, and you leave the bad. Mm-hmm. And I think in sports, there's some competitive juices inside of us that we take them into the workforce. But then there's others that we don't. The, that part, that competitive part, where you take somebody's head off, you don't take that. Right. Don't take into that. The streets, right. you, you see what I'm saying? Right. You, you, you don't take that. In, because in football, I mean, the reality about football what we do on the football field is assault and battery. Right. I mean, really, it is. When you you can you know that's why commissioners clean the game up a little bit. But you know, you blindside somebody, you intentionally know they're not looking, and you take that shot, and and you know you're gonna give it to them with everything you got, and and you're you're hoping that they're not hurt, but you want to get their attention. Right. You know, you don't want to injure them, but you want to hurt them. Uh, I don't think we do that. In corporate America, no. you know, we don't blindside anybody. Well, you, know, you do. Like it's that. just, yeah, I mean, it's a different blindside. Yeah, but yeah, exactly. we'll get to that. That's another show. But no, but see, you're right. It's a different kind of blindside. <laughs> right. But see, Michael's taking the same competitive stuff that he had on the court. He's like, no, man, I'm going to hurt this dude anywhere I can. This damaging to Isaiah's legacy that he was not a part of that dream team. Right. And so that's what I'm saying. Was that taking it a little bit too far that you damaged this man's legacy by not a lot by politicking intentionally to keep him off of that team? See, with me, I never really knew the story of why that happened. I just knew the the politicking part. I never knew the actual underbelly. So for me to answer that, I would kind of be skewed. Well, it, well, let me just tell you, okay. it, it was about, you know, the way they played Michael in particular. In the Eastern Conference Championship games, you know, the way right. they, you know, they came up with these rules and they were going to be extremely physical. So much so that you could look through all the games they played the years ahead and never did they ever take on that attitude of, we, listen, we're going to beat him up, but he's not going to get any free baskets. And that's why, that's where the Jordan rules came from. It's like, because if you listen, if you let him get in, listen, let, it, it can be two points, but it's not going to be three points. And it's going to be physical. It's going to hurt to get to two points. So no three-point, not, not the old way, mm-hmm. not the three-point shot. I'm talking about and one, no and ones here. That's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're going to take him out. And, and Michael felt that it was over the line. Now, I'm not going to say that it didn't cross the line. I'm agree that they may have crossed the line. Mm-hmm. But I, I think that just Michael, the kind of basketball player that he was, I think that Michael took a lot of things in sports to another level. He took them personal. That's and, the only way you can be the greatest if you take it personal. That's exactly right. He, he took, took it personal. personal. But part of also taking it personal is that, but guess what? I'm also a professional. Right. And I understand that, guess what? You know what? We're going to do whatever we have to do to beat you as well. So if we got to get physical with you, we're going to play a physical game with you. But when we leave this, and now we're talking about assembling the greatest basketball team that ever existed, if it's somebody on that Detroit team that would make this team completely and whole as the greatest team, that person needs to be on here. And I'm going to put my personal feelings aside. But Mike couldn't do that. That's, that's, the, that's really the only flaw that I see. Only way he would have did it if, he, if Isaiah would have beat him. That's it. Oh, Isaiah did beat him. Well, he did. You're right. You're he right. Did. No, you're you right. Know, you're right. You're right. Uh, see, that's the thing about they, they beat him. 
it, that's a sticky subject. It definitely is because it, it it always overlaps. You're professional, like when when Mr. Ray Ellis, the man he is, he's even killed, but even his work goes home. Even if you don't want it to, it just naturally does. Well, you know, and you're right about that, but that's something we got we got to we got to make a conscious effort. We right. got and we got to know when this works. Right. See, that's the thing about it. you know it when right. you see it. When you know when you see it, right? Deal with it. Deal with when it. you see it, deal with as, it. You listen as, to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Finney's living like it matters. Got the number one intern in the whole wide world. <laughs> Corey Henderson is back joining us. We'll be right back after this message. internet flagship station for sports voice america sports so andy serling packed his bags left the city and is enjoying his temporary digs in saratoga but that won't stop us from bringing you playing to win the best online handicapping show for serious horse players catch andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of august on location from the beautiful saratoga race course he and his guests are some of the best in the biz they bring you new insights to making money and they tell it like it is i'm three five one in this race but the three is very much the one to be we're going to completely disagree on this race i absolutely disagree Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com may not know all their names, but you certainly know what they did. They helped make this game into what it is today. Now we can do more to help them. The NFL Alumni Association is proud to assist our retired players to help make their lives better today and tomorrow. To learn more, please visit NFLalumni.org. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. on the Voice of America Network. I'm in Phoenix. So living like it matters. Uh, this is the last segment, so I'm going to enjoy that. I'm going to enjoy this. I got my good friend and uh, former intern here with me, uh, Corey Henderson, who is a, uh, an avid Los Angeles Laker fan. <laughs> and uh, I appreciate that because I got, you know, I got some I got some love for Kobe, too. I, I was... Uh, Living for a long time of my life in Lower Marion. And, of course, I think those of you who are real Kobe Bryant fans know that Kobe went to Lower Marion High School. And uh, I was one of those individuals that uh, Kobe, as a matter of fact, I got a chance to meet Kobe and spend some time with him uh, one night. And uh, actually, I'm one of those people told Kobe to listen, man, I think just for one year. Just one year, Kobe, just go to school just to get that experience of being on the college campus just for one year and and then go ahead and go. So you won't feel like you missed anything in terms of the journey. 
And, of course, I was one of those people that Kobe didn't listen to. And <laughs> went <straight laughs> Took the off. money first. <laughs> uh, that's exactly right. But but I, I don't have anything, any regrets in terms of what I suggested he should do. Uh, I still, you know, a lot of people, there's a lot wrong with the one and done. Um, but I think in terms of a level of maturity as a person and an individual, and then also just for life experiences, a college campus is one of the greatest places in the world. It is. And I think I, I'm one of those people that I don't think a college education should be anything that we pay for. If it costs more to have a person in prison than it does to educate that person and that person who goes on to college is going to more than likely be uh, a decent citizen and contribute to, you know, the tax base and, and help, you know, provide opportunities here in this country. We're losing a lot of leaders for the simple reason that people can't afford to go to college. So I, I just think that college should be uh, something that school extends beyond just high school and at least uh, four years of uh, undergraduate. But anyway, uh, let's, let's talk about Kobe. Let's talk about him. I, I want to talk about Kobe Mamba himself. Yeah, for the simple reason is, you know, I think things, the dynamics are changing for the Lakers. Um, I don't know what time it is, but pretty soon, well, I know what time it is, but I think at one hour, and then in one hour, they're going to have to make a decision what's going to happen with Howard. Okay, Superman's either going to come or he's going to go. He'll be here. Yeah, well, okay, we're going to see. That means they're going to have to extend it, but he's going to have to accept it. But but here's the, here's the bottom line. Let's talk about Kobe and LeBron. You know, Kobe and LeBron, it's an all-star game. And is it really the only thing we have to talk about is a Kobe block LeBron's jump shot? I mean, really? Come on, man. Well, Corey, come yeah, on, I man. mean, they have to. I mean, but the listen, media this is, is going to frame is, all that. This, this is Kobe Bryant. Bean Bryant. Yeah, and, and, and listen, now, you could, all you have to say about Kobe is that one time he blocked LeBron. I mean, you, now you're putting LeBron Way pedestal, up there, they as if man, Kobe block, blocked LeBron's right. jumper, right? And then, and then Kobe was all in LeBron's head. Really, Kobe's already told you that LeBron is not one that you get. The trash talking doesn't bother LeBron. Right. Kobe's already acknowledged that. This is an All Star game. So really, do you think it was kind of blown out of proportion? Really? Of course Come it was. On, it was MJ's birthday, number one, and then they were comparing MJ to LeBron, LeBron to Kobe, Kobe to, to MJ. And the media frame that. So when Kobe, I mean, Kobe's human. He's going to look at his Blackberry. He's going to look at the, maybe listen to the news, read the newspaper while he's eating bread, whatever the case may be. That kind of went over his head a little bit. But when the game came, he's like, all right, let me go show this young cat how to get it done. And I don't know if LeBron was trying hard or whatever the case may be. But, you know, Kobe's still the, the black mom himself, five rings, MVP, couple all-star MVPs, scoring title, um, Two gold medals. I mean, he has a track record for himself. I, I, I would, I would admit to you that right now, Kobe still sits on the throne. But, la to. but hold on. But last year, LeBron won the championship. So for until somebody else wins the championship, LeBron is sitting on that throne as the world champion. Yes. But in terms of the greatest of all time, like I said, I think Michael handed that baton. Well, I'm not even going to say that Michael handed it. But Michael, t but Michael think, told the media that Kobe was the closest to him. Okay, and, and see, quote unquote, closest to him. Right. But I, but I will say this: I think Kobe took that baton. As a matter of fact, Kobe came in, didn't want to be compared to Michael Jordan. Kobe didn't want to go for none of that. Kobe won his own shoes, everything else. Mm -hmm. Kobe took that baton. Now, here's what I'm saying: in my mind, those two people that played this game of basketball. Their mental approach and their personalities are different than LeBron James. LeBron James has a personality. LeBron 
we were just down at the Super Bowl, and 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 Professor Kern uh, from LSU, he, he talked about likability, and particularly when you're talking about a brand, you have to be you have to have a personality where you're, you're likable. Right. You know. Fans want to approach you. Fans right. want to appreciate you. Right. Fans want to root for you. You don't want to be the haters, you know, right. the person that they hate the most. Right. And LeBron's had some of that, you know, for whatever reasons. He's he's had some of that. But LeBron personally is not that kind of person. LeBron wants everybody to like him. And so for those reasons, I even think that on the basketball court, LeBron may, you know, he may show a little growl every now and then. But LeBron, the majority of times, he, he wants to be liked. I think Kobe Bryant is an assassin. I think he cut your throat. I think Michael Jordan cut your throat. I ain't saying they got some OJ in them, but yes. <laughs> but at in the same time, terms, in, in sports terms, <laughs> that's what they have. Right. And we've always said that that might be what LeBron is missing. Do you do you think knowing these those two people that part of LeBron's problem is that he doesn't have that assassin's type of personality? Whereas he wants to he wants to beat you. He wants to beat you back. He wants to make you look bad. I don't see LeBron as that kind of person. See, he he's more introverted instead of extroverted. So, you know, I, I kind of see LeBron like he does have it. You know, he'll he'll still posterize you. He'll still take you to the cup. You'll still you know, you see how he does Kevin Durant every time they meet. Like, Kevin, you're just you're just a littler guy than me. Like you could be here, but Kevin, you're just not there yet. So he has it. And Kevin Durant's a star. So if he can do that to one of the best stars in the league right now, you know, he has it. And he's going to and he's going to learn it because he won his first one. Now that he's got that off his back, now he can really go after. But you know what? You, you said something about Kevin Durant that even I don't think is happening to LeBron James. That Kevin Durant has been thrown out of a game. LeBron yeah. James, You're I don't right. think, has ever been thrown out of a game. You're right. You're right. Kevin Durant got a little thug in here. Right. Two different He grew up. Yeah. Kevin Durant grew up in D.C. You see what I'm saying? He got a little thug. <laughs> LeBron, that's what I'm saying. LeBron does not. In, in my mind, LeBron doesn't have that in him. You know, that's right. that, that's not his nature. Now, I, I, listen, if I throw it down on you real hard, yeah, that's a posterized moment anyway. I think LeBron is is trying more to impress people with the dunk than he's trying to make the person look bad. And I think this, I think Kobe's trying to make you look bad. Yeah. Michael Jordan trying to make you look yeah. bad. Yeah. I don't think I think LeBron is trying to spare your feelings, but at the same time, he wants to please the crowd. He does. I think Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant want to make you look bad. Kevin, uh, Kevin does. Ke- Kevin he don't now, care. He just developed. Yeah, right Kevin now. does not. Year, he was too see, nice. See, and listen, time is about to run out. Right. But you brought up something I I can't get away for from before I end this show, and I'm glad you brought it up because I got it on my notes here. I want to talk about this. Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett. Now they both could possibly be traded, but Kevin Garnett has a no trade clause so in his contract. Agree. Now here's 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 what I I want to ask you. They could make the mistake of doing something, and that something could be that they could trade Paul Pierce, and then Kevin Garant could say, okay, man, I can't win this thing without Paul, so you might as well go ahead and let me go. Whoever wants me, send me. Kevin could put a move on them like, listen, if Paul stays, I'll stay. If y'all getting rid of Paul, I want to go. And he could end up with the Clippers, which yeah. I don't think that's going to happen, but that could happen. Could happen. If, they, if they mess around, let Paul deadline. Pierce go. Right. Then they could do that. But I also think that Kevin Garnett has a chance to be the greatest Celtic that ever existed. And this is how he could do it. He could step up and tell those people right now during this time, 
I don't ever want to go anyplace else. He, what she's told him. I want to remain as a, a boss, agree. as a self. I, can, I, I, I want to stay here. Right. And I think if he does that publicly and he lets everybody know, I don't want to go no place else. And I want Paul Pierce to stay here. Right. Because, listen, first of all, there's people who bought season tickets at the beginning of the season. And want to see us. Want to see us. That's exactly Rondo, right. Rondo, Paul, and KG. See, now Rondo's hurt, but I'm not hurt and I'm here. Man, I got core. I can't. This, I, I can't believe Young I got Jedi. the Laker man to agree on something about the Celtics. You I know, like the Celtics. Time has changed. You like, like you man. like KG. And, and yeah, you, I like. And KG. of course, you like Paul. Send him over to LA. We'll you know, that's right, man. <laughs> okay, thank you for listening. We had a great show. I appreciate Corey stopping in, man. Yeah, it always you, makes you. me feel good when I see young men doing positive things in life. So keep him in your prayers as well as myself. It's that time. So I will see you next time, which will be the best time. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.